1: Welcome to the old time radio westerns. I'm your host Andrew Rines and today's episode is brought to you by Amazon.com. If you plan on doing any online shopping first, go to OTRWesterns.com slash Amazon to start your shopping experience today. And by Carbonite.com. Let me tell you a little bit about Carbonite. What Carbonite does is it backs up your files, videos, music, whatever you have, your Word documents and that important presentation or in my case, all the video and MP3 files I produce for this show to Carbonite servers. They're secure, they're safe, and I don't have to worry about it. Let's say my hard drive you know, dies or I have a fire, God forbid, or anything like that happens, I don't have to worry about it. I am up and running. As soon as I get a new computer, download it, I'm ready to go. So Carbonite.com is great. You guys can sign up for Carbonite and get a 15-day free trial to try it out. If you guys like it, you will actually be able to get a bonus month at the end. It only costs fifty-four ninety-five a year, and that's for peace of mind. To sign up, go to OTRWesterns.com/slash backup. Take your directly to carbonite, try it out. Again, it's a fifteen day free trial. If you like it after that fifteen days, sign up for fifty-four ninety-five a year, and you'll end up getting a month free. It's definitely glad to have them as a sponsor only because I use it on a day-to-day basis. I have over 300 gigs backed up. That's right, 300 gigs. There is no limit. If it's your local hard drive, you're able to back it up. Again, go to otrwesterns.com slash backup to try your 15-day free trial. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Again, this episode is going to be the fifth chapter of horizons west we don't have an original air date but again this is the fifth chapter of that continuing saga of lewis and clark original air date again like i said is unknown i get used to saying that in the same habit uh the title of this one is the great falls hope you guys enjoy and i hope you guys are enjoying the series
0: West. Once it could have been the British, Spanish, or even the Russian West. It became American primarily because of the explorations of two young Army officers, Meriwether Lewis and William Clark. Their pioneering journey stands as one of the great achievements in the history of the United States. <laughs>
2: And you too, Goodrich. Get over here and tender to this gear. If there was any engine snooping around, it would have been stolen long ago. Uh, Captain Clark, uh, what if a sergeant lost his voice? Would he get the motor to private? Because <laughs> that fire is a very good man. Well, it's just joking, sir. The river's getting more and more difficult, especially for the red longboat. Well, sir, it was built for the deep, wide Missouri. And not this narrow-fast Missouri. Huh? Well, that's about it, sir. Sergeant Pryor says you know how to make a cache in the Indian style. Yes, sir. Two pirogues. We we'll want to hide the red one and cache some of the heavier gear. And the greater part of the scientific specimens we've collected since Fort Mandan. We'll continue with the white one, although we may have to make one or two small dugouts to supplement our canoes. The rise behind, off, sir. That looks like it's above the high water We'll make sure of it, Cousette. This cache must stay dry. There'll be irreplaceable items stored in it. Yes, sir. And we'd rather not have the Indians discovered after we leave and they come poking around our campsite. Oh, I can disguise it. I need three men to work with me in relays. That is, if you want the job done fast. Hit them and start after the noon minutes. Yes, sir. <laughs> Captain Clark. Captain Lewis, I need help. What's the trouble, Sabanone? Sucker, do I've never seen her so sick. She says she's going to die.
0: Horizons West, the continued story of the Lewis and Clark Expedition. Now, with Harry Bartell as Meriwether Lewis and John Anderson as William Clark, listen to Chapter 5, The Great Forge. The Lewis and Clark Corps of Discovery was only a day's travel beyond the junction of Mariah's River and the Missouri in the north-central part of what is now the state of Montana. The men had declared that Mariah's River was the correct route west. The two captains had stood for the Missouri, the route which the expedition now followed. Despite the difference of opinion, the men were loyally following their leaders. Now, however, more problems faced them. Travel up had become increasingly hard, and there was the constant urgency of having to reach the mountains before winter closed in and made further travel impossible.
2: Dr. Yes. Julia, I am back.
0: Captain
3: Clark, Captain Lewis, you have brought them. Yes,
2: yes. They will make you well again.
3: The baby? Quiet, I do not know what will happen to the baby <laughs> if I die. There, yeah. a
2: dear, dear boy, huh? No more. I, uh... How long have you been sick, Dr. DeWield? Three days.
3: I hoped the pain would go away and I would not become a burden.
2: Now where do you feel this pain?
3: The middle of my body. Sometimes like this sharp knife, sometimes like this heavy club.
2: You don't mind if I examine you, Dr. Jouir.
3: You are a medicine, man.
2: Yes, you Give us your opportunity. Meriwether, help me turn her on her back. Of course. Uh. Uh. Uh, easy. Easy. There. Uh. She seems very warm to the touch. It's a high fever. Dr. Jouir, have you tried to eat anything today? No. See. Now, I'm going to put some pressure on your stomach. You tell me where it hurts. Here? Here? There's a little? There? Meriwether, did you bring along that box of Dr. Rudd's pills? Yes, I did. So, no. Come here a minute. What can I do, Captain? Give her these two pills with a little water. Then make some cold compresses to reduce the fever. We'll look in again in the morning.
3: You like die?
2: Not if we can help it. You say, flat on your back. Let your husband take care of you and the baby. Come on, Mary Withers. Well, Mary Withers, what do you think? I don't like to say it, but it seems to me like the sickness that killed Sergeant Floyd. Floyd's abdomen is much more sensitive to the touch. And so hers will build tomorrow. And well, all we can do is wait and see. Of course, the men can use time in camp to make new clothes with her equipment. A day or two in camp, no matter what they're doing, they'll turn it into a morale problem. I mean, time is passing, and we're no nearer the mountains than the Shoshonas and the horses are considered. Most of our men don't think that far ahead. They just think that we're leading them in the wrong direction. Most of them still believe Mariah's River is the Missouri. Great Falls will prove her right. The Mandan said it was a feature of the upper Missouri, and so did Sacagawea. I think I have a solution, Billy. You stay here and doctor Sacagawea, and I'll take a few men in and reconnoiter upriver. Good idea. After you've actually seen the falls, every man will know we're on the right path. If I were you, I think I'd start at dawn. Grier, Goodrich, Gibson, and T. Fine, line. fine. Now, let's have a look at this test. We moved toward the rise where Cruzat and Goodrich were working. We stopped short of them as we heard their voices. Only four feet go to each other all this time. You sound more like the sergeant every day. Oh, i in grade, my boy. That's flesh experience and brains, I suppose. Uh, naturally. see? <clears throat> yes. There, senior private. If pedals were rifles, you'd be a general. <laughs> Captain Clark. Grisette. Goodrich. A little less talk and more digging. Yes, Sergeant. Come on, Billy. Let's have a closer look. Well, yeah, looks pretty good, that. The chunk of sod we first got is two and a half feet in diameter. We're widening the opening little by little as we go down. It'll end up seven feet deep and seven feet across the bottom, sir. So... While we watched, Heels and Bratton came in, and Pryor had them tote dirt away and dump it into the river. By evening, the cache was finished, ready to receive the articles we would store there the next morning. I was worried about Meriwether the next morning. He ate no breakfast, complained of stomach pains as he shouldered his hat and hurried Gibson's. Yard, Joe Fields, and Goodwoods, along the bank of the river. I watched them until they were lost to sight in a tent of cottonwood. Then I supervised the loading of our heavy goods into the cache. Blacksmith's tools, their rations, gunpowder and lead canisters, and, of course, dustbins. These were placed on a floor of dry twigs. Animal skins were spread on top, and then cruisettes filled in with dirt. Finally, replaced the two and a half foot circle of sod. Huh, looks pretty natural, doesn't it? A sir? few days, nobody'd be able to see where your spade touched ground. Hey, now I look for a place to hide the red boat. Uh, maybe that pilot in the middle of the river. Well, that's what I was thinking, sir.
0: Yeah. Captain Clark, sucker, do
2: is no better this morning. I've worn myself out running to and from the river to make cold complaints. You're complaining, Charbonneau. You ought to be glad to do something to help her. Uh, but I'm not it. helping, Captain. This is her, she will die. Well, we'll try something else. Maybe, maybe I ought to bleed her. Bleed her? You mean take away blood of a woman who's already too weak? Only a small amount. Most doctors consider it an effective treatment. I, you say so, Captain, but please, uh, do not kill her. We stopped before dark to make camp and eat. But I had lost my appetite and couldn't touch a thing. My stomach was a battleground of aches and pains. Look. So you won't have to stay. Oh, no, no. Well, I can stand to watch you eat. I, I hate to admit it, but I'm not well. My stomach is full of pain and I'm running a fever. What I can do, Captain? I noticed silk cherry bushes down by the river. I, I seem to remember my mother brewing a remedy she called silk cherry tea. Silk cherry tea? That is poison. Sure is, sir. It's the same. I want you to go out and get some of the berries and the twigs. Oh, but do already. as I say. Yes, sir. Suriyar brought back the twigs and the berries. Under my direction, he cooked them into a black and evil-looking fluid. Over the protests of the men, I drank two cups of the foul stuff. Then I sat by the fire and waited. I began to sweat, and at first my stomach felt worse. Two hours passed. Everybody was asleep, but George, Suriyar, and me. George. George. Yes, Captain. The pain is gone. And the fever. Oh, and I guess if that stuff does not kill a man, it kills what is aiding him. You think you could fry me an elk steak? <laughs> I sure could, sir. So. <laughs> the morning came. I was completely myself. We broke camp and moved ahead over rough country abounding in rocks and gullies in prickly pear and rattlesnakes. By the evening of the second day, we were glad to camp, eat, and fall into the sleep of exhausted men. Morning found us renewed. We pushed on over the rough country. You hear that, Chris? Sounds like a waterfall, we moved forward. The sound became a roar, and the river was partially obscured by the white spray of the water as it spilled down the base of the bluff. It was a spectacular sight, even from the imperfect position we occupied. Will you look at
3: that?
2: That is the greatest sight in the world. If we climb up on these rocks, we'll get a better view. Yes, sir. Uh, We climbed a ridge of rock which roughly paralleled the river some distance from the falls and at a higher elevation. From here we could see water pouring over nearly perpendicular cliffs, dropping 80 to 100 feet and strike across 300 yards of river with a boiling, vaporous impact. While the men made camp and cooked a sumptuous meal of buffalo hump, trout, and parched corn, I wrote a detailed description of the falls, which did seem to have the advantage of a first impression. Indeed, Billy Clark and I were right about our choice of rivers, but making portage around the Great Falls was going to be a fearsome task. I decided to send Joe Fields back to the main camp with word of our discovery. <laughs> Joe Fields transformed our camp with the news he brought. Captain Lewis had led him and the others to the fabled Great Falls. I watched all the small doubts and skepticism leave the men to be replaced by a new spirit of unity and a desire to go forward. Obviously, it was time to break camp, even if it meant moving south of Julia. With the help of Charbonneau, we made a bed for her in the heights of road, launched our boats, to do battle with the swiftly moving river. All right, put some muscle it. Oh! Look out ahead. Quickly, pair. Quickly, pair. The water's only way deep. Take to the water. Oh!
3: Oh!
2: It took three days for us to reach Portage Creek, just below the falls, where Meriwether had set up a camp, which would be our base during the portage, I gave orders for Shields and Bratton to help Charbonneau construct a tent shelter for the ailing Sacagawea. Then climbed up on a high point with Meriwether Lewis for a view of the falls. Beautiful sight, isn't it? Yes. Is that all you have to say? Well, I'm thinking of the portage. We uh, have a lot of equipment to move. There's several more falls beyond this first one, I suppose. Five in all, in a ten mile stretch of river. As near as I can calculate, the portage will be about 18 miles. Over rough ground, the ground could be worse. What worries me is an overabundance of prickly pear and rattlesnakes, and unpredictable weather. And just the last few days, it's changed from heat to cold to rain to wind. We've had hailstorm and a flash flood. Maybe we'd better find a place to hide the White Baroque. That fifty-foot boat is our biggest. At the far end, we can make a couple of dugouts to replace it. The men can carry the light baggage. For the canoes and the heavy gear, we'll build trucks. Trucks? of what? All I see is the sand of cottonwood. Well, it may not be the strongest of wood, but we have no choice. There's one big stream near the creek that's about two feet in diameter. We can cut across sections of it for wheels. Oh, it might work. Got to work. But you want to spend the winter here. Oh, thanks. How is that, you? Were. Worse. I. I think we're going to lose it. We did Floyd. Sure, it's the same complaint? Well, I don't really know. I. I wish uh, I were more of a doctor. How have you been treating it? Cataplasms of bark and laudanum. Doesn't help. No, we might try something that cured me of a violent abdominal disorder on the way to the fall. Oh, huh? What's that? Chokecherry tea. Hmm. Don't know anything about it. We can't let her die. Not without trying it, I guess. In a hollow at the bottom of the bluff, we'll find some chokecherry bushes. We'll pick enough twigs and fruit to brew several quarts. No, Mary Wither, I hate to think of what would happen to the baby if she should die. You're fond of her and that baby, aren't you? Ah, uh, Charbonneau treats her badly. If she dies, it'll be his fault. I had doubts about the choked cherry tea, although I said nothing to Meriwether. After all, it was a last resort. We took the concoction to the tent where the suffering we lay. Charbonneau admitted it. How is she still start of the time, out of her head. From the fever. Mm. Right now, she sleeps. Gentlemen, uh, I'm worried. Worried? What, what, what do I do if she dies? How will I care for the child? Where will I find milk? There's no need to indulge yourself in that kind of thinking. Dr. Gilead is still alive. Captain Lewis bought a new medicine. Uh, A new medicine. What good can it possibly do after the bark and the laudanum has failed? No, Captain, it is most difficult when when a man faces the loss of a beloved wife. It's difficult for us, too. As doctors, we hate to lose a patient. As leaders, we hate to lose a follower. And as human beings, we hate to lose a valued friend. Now, do you think you can make a drink this medicine? I can try. you'll have to do better than that. Wake Tell her it has a vile and bitter taste, but it also has great curative powers. If you have to, force it down. A pint now, another pint tonight, a third in the morning. Captain Clark and I will be back again tomorrow. If there's an emergency, you know where to find it. That night, while the men ate a good and ample meal... They assigned groups to the necessary preliminary tasks to the portage. Sergeant Ordway and a detail would build the trucks. Sergeant Gass and his squad would carefully mark the portage with the stake. And Sergeant Pryor and his men were charged with the hiding of the white pirogue and the making of another cache. In the morning after breakfast and after the men had begun their tasks, Meriwether and I went to find out the condition of our patient, Dr. No sign of life, at the tent. Also no sign of death. We'll soon find out. Come on Coming. Mm. Come in. Come in. Captain Clark. Captain Lewis.
3: Good morning.
2: Doctor that you're here. You're Quiet. Like a miracle.
3: I am weak, but the pain is gone. Soon I will be on my feet. Ah,
2: this trip is too much for her. This trip still will have...
3: Not we shall. Sickness comes any
2: place, any time. No, no. Gentlemen, I am compelled to take her away. Back to where living is easier. You don't mean that? I do, Captain Louis. Issue me a warrant for my pay. Nobody quits in the middle of this kind of job, you know that. I seem to remember you begging for this job back at Fort Mandan. And my money, please. Dr. Jewea must go to a better climate. I am ashamed
3: of you. Be
2: quiet, squaw.
3: Not Cristan. This squaw will speak. He will go on with the captain. He will help them to know her people, and get them horses to ride over the shining mountains. He will hope that you do not desert, that, that you do your promised work.
2: This is not an expedition assembled for private gain, Trevor knows. None of us enlisted in the hope of getting rich. You are a member of the Corps of Discovery. And I have had more than enough of it, Captain. Only fools go through this kind of ordeal for twenty-five dollars for months and a very poor kind of people. Because of Sacagawea, I won't put you under arrest and have you tried before a court-martial. Just once, I'll remind you that when you enlisted, you also pledged yourself to the government of the United States. Either you live up to your pledge and return with honor with the rest of us, or you will go back a prisoner in disgrace. The portage began. Boats were loaded on the cottonwood trucks. Ropes were attached, and the men pulled the trucks over the rocky, bumpy portage road we had staked across the uneven place.
0: Come on!
2: Pull! Get your backs into it! Pull! If you was, we'd have no worrying about how to cross the mountains. Now, come on! Pull! the men kept on pulling with all their might, plodding through fields of prickly pear. The thorns pierced the soles of their moccasins and cut into their feet. Sergeant Pryor watched the group towing his truck very, very carefully, calling for a rest period just before the weakest of the men was about to collapse. All right, all right, halt! Lock those wheels and rest.
3: Oh,
2: What do you want now, Grisette? Feel that wind. Yeah, maybe it'll make us a little cooler dragging up the next rise. It's strong enough to do more than that. What do you mean? Why not put up the sail? Are you crazy, Grisette? We have wheels last time I looked. Hmm. Good idea. Uh, Captain Lewis? I heard the suggestion. Go ahead. Try it. Free! Get that sail up fast before the wind quits. They raised the sail. Cruzat manipulated it so that it caught the full force of the wind. The truck began to roll. It picked up speed. The men leaped on for a dry land sailing trip. and just too blame weak for axles. Better use the mass for a new axle. It'll be strong enough. All right, men, on the double. While the unremitting labor of the portage went on, I established another camp at the far end of the fall. On the way back from moving personal baggage from old camp to new, the wind began to blow. Sky darkened. The sun was entirely swallowed up in a night-like blackness. With me was Sacajewea and her baby, and Charbonneau. My man York had gone on up ahead to do a little hunting. Come quickly under those trees. No, no, that's not high enough ground in case of flood. Now over this way. took cover under a ledge of rock near the top of the ravine. It crouched there for at least half an hour, while the rain pounded down.
3: Do not cry, Bucky. It is only rain, rain that makes all things grow.
2: Ah, uh, this kind of rain beats things to death. Well, it never lasts very long. Uh, we can hope not, Captain, we can hope not. That? I looked and saw a torrent rushing down the ravine and rising toward us. Quick, everybody out of here! Mon oh, dieu, it's a flood! We clawed our way up the side of the ravine, with Charbonneau in the lead, of course. Just as the rising waters carrying all kinds of debris touched my feet, Charbonneau panicked and couldn't seem to move.
3: He, he save me! He saved me! I cannot not
2: move, Charbonneau! Move!
3: Stop. 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 Stop Get up there faster I'll drown you!
2: The trip worked. He scrambled up the rest of the way, even offering a helping hand to to we and the baby. I pushed from below. The water rose to my waist. Finally, we all plunged the safety. When I turned to look back where we had been, The ledge had vanished, covered by at least five feet of rushing water. The days seemed to creep past. We observed the 4th of July with a fusillade of rifle fire and the issuing of the last of the whiskey, and then continued our work. Finally, on July 15th, a full month after our arrival at the Great Falls, we were ready to move on. We loaded the boats and were about to push out into the river once again. When I noticed Sacagawea making marks with a stick in the damp earth near the riverbank, I asked her what she was doing.
3: You near the country of my people. I write in the earth. I say you are friends of the assurance.
2: Ensuing travel became more and more difficult. Oars would not prevail against the stronger currents we encountered. We had to use the poles and the tow ropes in combination with oars. The slowest, most agonizing method of transportation known to man. From dawn to dusk, each day the courage and staying powers of the men were tested and retested. Now and then, along the shore, we would see Indian lodges and teepees some long abandoned, others hastily vacated, as if their tenants took to the hills at the first sight of them. Then, on the 27th of July, we arrived at another river junction, a three-fourth, where the mountains leveled into a long, high plain. We camped on a height where we could see ahead for many miles.
3: That St. not true. We were down there near the river. The enemy came on swift horses. Five years ago? Yes. We fled up the river. Our warriors made a stand, but they were too few, and the Gorvans were too strong. Many of my people were wounded. Eight or ten were killed. I tried to run. An enemy warrior rode me down. He made me a prisoner.
2: Your family was with you when it happened?
3: We were separated in the first rush. I do not know if they lived or they died. I'm
2: sorry. Maybe some of them lived through it. Maybe uh, maybe you will find them again. when, when, when? Why do they hide from us? Why do they stay in the hills? Maybe they fear my writing in the earth it is only a trick. In the meantime, all we can do is keep on up the largest river of the three until we run out of water. We had to have horses. We had to get across the high mountains. But the timid Shoshones remained in hiding. And we kept on pulling and pulling our way up the river.
0: You have been listening to Horizons West, the continued story of the Lewis and Clark expedition. Chapter 5, The Great Falls, starred Harry Bartell as Meriwether Lewis and John Anderson as William Clark. Featured in the cast were Sebastian Cabot, Carl Swenson, Helen Gerald, Don Diamond, Frank Gerstle, and Herb Ellis. Our story was written by Carly and William Tunberg and directed by William Lally. Michael Rye speaking. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.
1: back i hope you guys enjoyed that episode check out the show notes at otrwesterns.com send me an email podcast at otrwesterns.com call email voicemail 707-98-OTRDW again that's 707-986-8739 you look for me on twitter at otrwesterns and facebook facebook.com slash otrwesterns Until the next show, have a great day, and thanks for listening.